Part four, chapter three of Under Western Eyes by Joseph Conrad. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. You will come in for a moment, said Natalia Halden. I demurred on account of the late hour. You know mother likes you so much, she insisted. I will just come in to hear how your mother is. She said, as if to herself, I don't even know whether she will believe that I could not find Mr. Razumov since she has taken it into her head that i am concealing something from her you may be able to persuade her your mother may mistrust me too i observed you why what could you have to conceal from her you are not a russian nor a conspirator i felt profoundly my european remoteness and said nothing but i made up my mind to play my part of helpless spectator to the end the distant rolling of thunder in the valley of the rhone was coming nearer to the sleeping town of prosaic virtues and universal hospitality we crossed the street opposite the great dark gateway and miss holden rang at the door of the apartment it was opened almost instantly as if the elderly maid had been waiting in the anteroom for our return her flat physiognomy had an air of satisfaction the gentleman was there she declared while closing the door neither of us understood Miss Holden turned round brusquely to her. Who? Herr Razumov, she explained. She had heard enough of our conversation before we left to know why her young mistress was going out. Therefore, when the gentleman gave his name at the door, she admitted him at once. No one could have foreseen that, Miss Holden murmured, with her serious grey eyes fixed upon mine. And, remembering the expression of the young man's face seen not much more than four hours ago, the look of a haunted somnambulist i wondered with a sort of awe you asked my mother first miss halden inquired of the maid no i announced the gentleman she answered surprised at our troubled faces still i said in an undertone your mother was prepared yes but he has no idea it seemed to me she doubted his tact to her question how long the gentleman had been with her mother the maid told us that der herr had been in the drawing-room no more than a short quarter of an hour she waited a moment then withdrew looking a little scared miss holden gazed at me in silence as things have turned out i said you happen to know exactly what your brother's friend has to tell your mother and surely after that yes said natalia halden slowly i only wonder as i was not here when he came if it wouldn't be better not to interrupt now we remained silent and i suppose we both strained our ears but no sound reached us through the closed door the features of miss holden expressed a painful irresolution she made a movement as if to go in but checked herself she had heard footsteps on the other side of the door it came open and razumov without pausing stepped out into the anteroom the fatigue of that day and the struggle with himself had changed him so much that i would have hesitated to recognize that face which only a few hours before when he brushed against me in front of the post-office had been startling enough but quite different it had been not so livid then and its eyes not so sombre they certainly looked more sane now but there was upon them the shadow of something consciously evil i speak of that because at first their glance fell on me though without any sort of recognition or even comprehension i was simply in the line of his stare i don't know if he had heard the bell or expected to see anybody he was going out i believe and i do not think that he saw miss holden till she advanced towards him a step or two he disregarded the hand she put out 
it's you natalia victorovna perhaps you are surprised at this late hour but you see i remembered our conversations in that garden i thought really it was your wish that i should without loss of time so i came no other reason simply to tell he spoke with difficulty i noticed that and remembered his declaration to the man in the shop that he was going out because he needed air if that was his object then it was clear that he had miserably failed with downcast eyes and lowered head he made an effort to pick up the strangled phrase to tell what i have heard myself only to-day to-day through the door he had not closed i had a view of the drawing-room it was lighted only by a shaded lamp mrs haldin's eyes could not support either gas or electricity it was a comparatively big room and in contrast with the strongly lighted anteroom its length was lost in semi-transparent gloom backed by heavy shadows and on that ground i saw the motionless figure of mrs haldin inclined slightly forward with a pale hand resting on the arm of the chair she did not move with the window before her she had no longer that attitude suggesting expectation the blind was down and outside there was only the night sky harbouring a thundercloud and the town indifferent and hospitable in its cold almost scornful toleration a respectable town of refuge to which all these sorrows and hopes were nothing her white head was bowed the thought that the real drama of autocracy is not played on the great stage of politics came to me as fated to be a spectator i had this other glimpse behind the scenes something more profound than the words and gestures of the public play i had the certitude that this mother refused in her heart to give her son up after all it was more than rachel's inconsolable mourning it was something deeper more inaccessible in its frightful tranquillity lost in the ill-defined mass of the high-backed chair her white inclined profile suggested the contemplation of something in her lap as though a beloved head were resting there i had this glimpse behind the scenes and then miss holden passing by the young man shut the door it was not done without hesitation for a moment i thought that she would go to her mother but she sent in only an anxious glance perhaps if mrs holden had moved but no there was in the immobility of that bloodless face the dreadful aloofness of suffering without remedy meantime the young man kept his eyes fixed on the floor the thought that he would have to repeat the story he had told already was intolerable to him he had expected to find the two women together and then he had said to himself it would be over for all time for all time it's lucky i don't believe in another world he had thought cynically alone in his room after having posted his secret letter he had regained a certain measure of composure by writing in his secret diary he was aware of the danger of that strange self-indulgence he alludes to it himself but he could not refrain it calmed him it reconciled him to his existence he sat there scribbling by the light of a solitary candle till it occurred to him that having heard the explanation of holden's arrest as put forward by sophia antonovna it behooved him to tell these ladies himself they were certain to hear the tale through some other channel and then his abstention would look strange not only to the mother and sister of holden but to other people also having come to this conclusion he did not discover in himself any marked reluctance to face the necessity and very soon an anxiety to be done with it began to torment him he looked at his watch no it was not absolutely too late 
the fifteen minutes with mrs holden were like the revenge of the unknown that white face that weak distinct voice that head at first turned to him eagerly then after a while bowed again and motionless in the dim still light of the room in which his words which he tried to subdue resounded so loudly had troubled him like some strange discovery and there seemed to be a secret obstinacy in that sorrow something he could not understand at any rate something he had not expected was it hostile but it did not matter nothing could touch him now in the eyes of the revolutionists there was now no shadow on his past the phantom of holden had been indeed walked over was left behind lying powerless and passive on the pavement covered with snow and this was the phantom's mother consumed with grief and white as a ghost he had felt a pitying surprise but that of course was of no importance mothers did not matter he could not shake off the poignant impression of that silent quiet white-haired woman but a sort of sternness crept into his thoughts these were the consequences well what of it am i then on a bed of roses he had exclaimed to himself sitting at some distance with his eyes fixed upon that figure of sorrow he had said all he had to say to her and when he had finished she had not uttered a word she had turned away her head while he was speaking the silence which had fallen on his last words had lasted for five minutes or more what did it mean before its incomprehensible character he became conscious of anger in his stern mood the old anger against holden reawakened by the contemplation of holden's mother and was it not something like enviousness which gripped his heart as if of a privilege denied to him alone of all the men that had ever passed through this world it was the other who had attained to repose and yet continued to exist in the affection of that mourning old woman in the thoughts of all these people posing for lovers of humanity it was impossible to get rid of him it's myself whom i have given up to destruction thought razumov he has induced me to do it i can't shake him off alarmed by that discovery he got up and strode out of the silent dim room with its silent old woman in the chair that mother he never looked back it was frankly a flight but on opening the door he saw his retreat cut off there was the sister he had never forgotten the sister only he had not expected to see her then or ever any more perhaps her presence in the anteroom was as unforeseen as the apparition of her brother had been razumov gave a start as though he had discovered himself cleverly trapped he tried to smile but could not manage it and lowered his eyes must i repeat that silly story now he asked himself and felt a sinking sensation nothing solid had passed his lips since the day before but he was not in a state to analyze the origins of his weakness he meant to take up his hat and depart with as few words as possible but miss holden's swift movement to shut the door took him by surprise he half turned after her but without raising his eyes passively just as a feather might stir in the disturbed air the next moment she was back in the place she had started from with another half turn on his part so that they came again into the same relative positions yes yes she said hurriedly i am very grateful to you kirylo sidorovitch for coming at once like this only i wish i had did mother tell you i wonder what she could have told me that i did not know before he said obviously to himself but perfectly audible because i always did know it he added louder as if in despair he hung his head 
he had such a strong sense of natalia haldin's presence that to look at her he felt would be a relief it was she who had been haunting him now he had suffered that persecution ever since she had suddenly appeared before him in the garden of the villa borel with an extended hand and the name of her brother on her lips the anteroom had a row of hooks on the wall nearest to the outer door while against the wall opposite there stood a small dark table and one chair the paper bearing a very faint design was all but white the light of an electric bulb high up under the ceiling searched that clear square box into its four bare corners crudely without shadows a strange stage for an obscure drama what do you mean asked miss haldin what is it you knew always he raised his face pale full of unexpressed suffering but that look in his eyes of dull absent obstinacy which struck and surprised everybody he was talking to began to pass way it was as though he were coming to himself in the awakened consciousness of that marvellous harmony of feature of lines of glances of voice which made of the girl before him a being so rare outside and as it were above the common notion of beauty he looked at her so long that she coloured slightly what is it that you knew she repeated vaguely that time he managed to smile indeed if it had not been for a word of greeting or two i would doubt whether your mother was aware at all of my existence you understand natalia haldin nodded her hands moved slightly by her side yes is it not heartbreaking she has not shed a tear yet not a single tear not a tear and you natalia victorovna you have been able to cry i have and then i am young enough kirylo sidorovitch to believe in the future but when i see my mother so terribly distracted i almost forget everything i ask myself whether one should feel proud or only resigned we had such a lot of people coming to see us there were utter strangers who wrote asking for permission to call to present their respects it was impossible to keep our door shut forever you know that peter ivanovitch himself oh yes there was much sympathy but there were persons who exulted openly at that death then when i was left alone with poor mother all this seemed so wrong in spirit something not worth the price she is paying for it but directly i heard you were here in geneva kirylo sidorovitch i felt that you were the only person who could assist me in comforting a bereaved mother yes he broke in in a manner which made her open her clear unsuspecting eyes but there is a question of fitness has this occurred to you there was a breathlessness in his utterance which contrasted with the monstrous hint of mockery in his intention why whispered natalia haldin with feeling who more fit than you he had a convulsive movement of exasperation but controlled himself indeed directly you heard that i was in geneva before even seeing me it is another proof of that confidence which all at once his tone changed became more incisive and more detached men are poor creatures natalia victorovna they have no intuition of sentiment in order to speak fittingly to a mother of her lost son one must have had some experience of the filial relation it is not the case with me if you must know the whole truth your hopes have to deal here with a breast unworn by any affection as the poet says that does not mean it is insensible he added in a lower tone i am certain your heart is not unfeeling said miss haldin softly no it is not as hard as a stone he went on in the same introspective voice and looking as if his heart were lying as heavy as a stone 
in that unwarmed breast of which he spoke no not so hard but how to prove what you give me credit for ah that's another question no one has ever expected such a thing from me before no one whom my tenderness would have been of any use to and now you come you now no natalia victorovna it's too late you come too late you must expect nothing from me she recoiled from him a little though he had made no movement as if she had seen some change in his face charging his words with the significance of some hidden sentiment they shared together to me the silent spectator they looked like two people becoming conscious of a spell which had been lying on them ever since they first set eyes on each other had either of them cast a glance then in my direction i would have opened the door quietly and gone out but neither did and i remained every fear of indiscretion lost in the sense of my enormous remoteness from their captivity within the sombre horizon of russian problems the boundary of their eyes of their feelings the prison of their souls frank courageous miss holden controlled her voice in the midst of her trouble what can this mean she asked as if speaking to herself it may mean that you have given yourself up to vain imaginings while i have managed to remain amongst the truth of things and the realities of life our russian life such as they are they are cruel she murmured and ugly don't forget that and ugly look where you like look near you here abroad where you are and then look back at home whence you came one must look beyond the present her tone had an ardent conviction the blind can do that best i have had the misfortune to be born clear-eyed and if you only knew what strange things i have seen what amazing and unexpected apparitions but why talk of all this on the contrary i want to talk of all this with you she protested with earnest serenity the sombre humours of her brother's friend left her unaffected as though that bitterness that suppressed anger were the signs of an indignant rectitude she saw that he was not an ordinary person and perhaps she did not want him to be other than he appeared to her trustful eyes yes with you especially she insisted with you of all the russian people in the world a faint smile dwelt for a moment on her lips i am like poor mother in a way i too seem unable to give up our beloved dead who don't forget was all in all to us i don't want to abuse your sympathy but you must understand that it is in you that we can find all that is left of his generous soul i was looking at him not a muscle of his face moved in the least and yet even at the time i did not suspect him of insensibility it was a sort of rapt thoughtfulness then he stirred slightly you are going kirylo sidorovitch she asked i going where oh yes but i must tell you first his voice was muffled and he forced himself to produce it with visible repugnance as if speech were something disgusting or deadly that story you know the story i heard this afternoon i know the story already she said sadly you know it have you correspondence in st petersburg too no it's sophia antonovna i have seen her just now she sends you her greetings she is going away to-morrow he had lowered at last his fascinated glance she too was looking down and standing thus before each other in the glaring light between the four bare walls they seemed brought out from the confused immensity of the eastern borders to be exposed cruelly to the observation of my western eyes and i observed them there was nothing else to do my existence seemed so utterly forgotten by these two that i dared not now make a movement 
and i thought to myself that of course they had to come together the sister and the friend of that dead man the ideas the hopes the aspirations the cause of freedom expressed in their common affection for victor holden the moral victim of autocracy all this must draw them to each other fatally her very ignorance and his loneliness to which he had alluded so strangely must work to that end and indeed i saw that the work was done already of course it was manifest that they must have been thinking of each other for a long time before they met she had the letter from that beloved brother kindling her imagination by the severe praise attached to that one name and for him to see that exceptional girl was enough the only cause for surprise was his gloomy aloofness before her clearly expressed welcome but he was young and however austere and devoted to his revolutionary ideals he was not blind the period of reserve was over he was coming forward in his own way i could not mistake the significance of this late visit for in what he had to say there was nothing urgent the true cause dawned upon me he had discovered that he needed her and she was moved by the same feeling it was the second time that i saw them together and i knew that next time they met i would not be there either remembered or forgotten i would have virtually ceased to exist for both these young people i made this discovery in a very few moments meantime natalia holden was telling razumov briefly of our peregrinations from one end of geneva to the other while speaking she raised her hands above her head to untie her veil and that movement displayed for an instant the seductive grace of her youthful figure clad in the simplest of mourning in the transparent shadow the hat rim threw on her face her grey eyes had an enticing lustre her voice with its unfeminine yet exquisite timbre was steady and she spoke quickly frank unembarrassed as she justified her action by the mental state of her mother a spasm of pain marred the generously confiding harmony of her features i perceived that with his downcast eyes he had the air of a man who is listening to a strain of music rather than to articulated speech and in the same way after she had ceased he seemed to listen yet motionless as if under the spell of suggestive sound he came to himself muttering yes yes she has not shed a tear she did not seem to hear what i was saying i might have told her anything she looked as if no longer belonging to this world miss holden gave signs of profound distress her voice faltered you don't know how bad it has come to be she expects now to see him the veil dropped from her fingers and she clasped her hands in anguish it shall end by her seeing him she cried razumov raised his head sharply and attached on her a prolonged thoughtful glance hm that's very possible he muttered in a peculiar tone as if giving his opinion on a matter of fact i wonder what he checked himself that would be the end her mind shall be gone then and her spirit will follow miss holden unclasped her hands and let them fall by her side you think so he queried profoundly miss holden's lips were slightly parted something unexpected and unfathomable in that young man's character had fascinated her from the first no there's neither truth nor consolation to be got from the phantoms of the dead he added after a weighty pause i might have told her something true for instance that your brother meant to save his life to escape there can be no doubt of that but i did not you did not but why i don't know 
other thoughts came into my head he answered he seemed to me to be watching himself inwardly as though he were trying to count his own heartbeats while his eyes never for a moment left the face of the girl you were not there he continued i had made up my mind never to see you again this seemed to take her breath away for a moment you how is it possible you may well ask however i think that i refrained from telling your mother from prudence i might have assured her that in the last conversation he held as a free man he mentioned you both that last conversation was with you she struck in her deep moving voice some day you must it was with me of you he said that you had trustful eyes and why i have not been able to forget that phrase i don't know it meant that there is in you no guile no deception no falsehood no suspicion nothing in your heart that could give you a conception of a living acting speaking lie if ever it came in your way that you are a predestined victim ha what a devilish suggestion the convulsive uncontrolled tone of the last words disclosed the precarious hold he had over himself he was like a man defying his own dizziness in high places and tottering suddenly on the very edge of the precipice miss holden pressed her hand to her breast the dropped black veil lay on the floor between them her movement steadied him he looked intently on that hand till it descended slowly and then raised again his eyes to her face but he did not give her time to speak no you don't understand very well he had recovered his calm by a miracle of will so you talked with sophia antonovna yes sophia antonovna told me miss holden stopped wonder growing in her wide eyes hm that's the respectable enemy he muttered as though he were alone the tone of her references to you was extremely friendly remarked miss holden after waiting for a while is that your impression and she the most intelligent of the lot too things then are going as well as possible everything conspires to ah these conspirators he said slowly with an accent of scorn they would get hold of you in no time you know natalia victorovna i had the greatest difficulty in saving myself from the superstition of an active providence it's irresistible the alternative of course would be the personal devil of our simple ancestors but if so he has overdone it altogether the old father of lies our national patron our domestic god whom we take with us when we go abroad he has overdone it it seems that i am not simple enough that's it i ought to have known and i did know it he added in a tone of poignant distress which overcame my astonishment this man is deranged i said to myself very much frightened the next moment he gave me a very special impression beyond the range of commonplace definitions it was as though he had stabbed himself outside and had come in there to show it and more than that as though he were turning the knife in the wound and watching the effect that was the impression rendered in physical terms one could not defend oneself from a certain amount of pity but it was for miss holden already so tried in her deepest affections that i felt a serious concern her attitude her face expressed compassion struggling with doubt on the verge of terror what is it kirillo sidorovitch there was a hint of tenderness in that cry he only stared at her in that complete surrender of all his faculties which in a happy lover would have had the name of ecstasy why are you looking at me like this kirillo sidorovitch i have approached you frankly 
i need at this time to see clearly in myself she ceased for a moment as if to give him an opportunity to utter at last some word worthy of her exalted trust in her brother's friend his silence became impressive like a sign of a momentous resolution in the end miss haldin went on appealingly i have waited for you anxiously but now that you have been moved to come to us in your kindness you alarm me you speak obscurely it seems as if you were keeping back something from me tell me natalia victorovna he was heard at last in a strange unringing voice whom did you see in that place she was startled and as if deceived in her expectations where in peter ivanovitch's room there was mr laspara and three other people ha the vanguard the forlorn hope of the great plot he commented to himself bearers of the spark to start an explosion which is meant to change fundamentally the lives of so many millions in order that peter ivanovitch should be the head of a state you are teasing me she said our dear one told me once to remember that men serve always something greater than themselves the idea our dear one he repeated slowly the effort he made to appear unmoved absorbed all the force of his soul he stood before her like a being with hardly a breath of life his eyes even as under great physical suffering had lost all their fire ah your brother but on your lips in your voice it sounds and indeed in you everything is divine i wish i could know the innermost depths of your thoughts of your feelings but why kirylo sidorovitch she cried alarmed by these words coming out of strangely lifeless lips have no fear it is not to betray you so you went there and sophia antonovna what did she tell you then she said very little really she knew that i should hear everything from you she had no time for more than a few words miss holden's voice dropped and she became silent for a moment the man it appears has taken his life she said sadly tell me natalia victorovna he asked after a pause do you believe in remorse what a question what can you know of it he muttered thickly it is not for such as you what i meant to ask was whether you believed in the efficacy of remorse she hesitated as though she had not understood then her face lighted up yes she said firmly so he is absolved moreover that zemianitch was a brute a drunken brute a shudder passed through natalia haldin but a man of the people razumov went on to whom they the revolutionists tell a tale of sublime hopes well the people must be forgiven and you must not believe all you've heard from that source either he added with a sort of sinister reluctance you are concealing something from me she exclaimed do you natalia victorovna believe in the duty of revenge listen kirylo sidorovitch i believe that the future shall be merciful to us all revolutionist and reactionary victim and executioner betrayer and betrayed they shall all be pitied together when the light breaks on our black sky at last pitied and forgotten for without that there can be no union and no love i hear no revenge for you then never not the least bit he smiled bitterly with his colourless lips you yourself are like the very spirit of that merciful future strange that it does not make it easier no but suppose that the real betrayer of your brother zemianitch had a part in it too but insignificant and quite involuntary suppose that he was a young man educated an intellectual worker thoughtful 
a man your brother might have trusted lightly perhaps but still suppose but there's a whole story there and you know the story but why then i have heard it there is a staircase in it and even phantoms but that does not matter if a man always serves something greater than himself the idea i wonder who is the greatest victim in that tale in that tale miss holden repeated she seemed turned into stone do you know why i came to you it is simply because there is no one anywhere in the whole great world i could go to do you understand what i say not one to go to do you conceive the desolation of the thought no one to go to utterly misled by her own enthusiastic interpretation of two lines in the letter of a visionary under the spell of her own dread of lonely days in their overshadowed world of angry strife she was unable to see the truth struggling on his lips what she was conscious of was the obscure form of his suffering she was on the point of extending her hand to him impulsively when he spoke again an hour after i saw you first i knew how it would be the terrors of remorse revenge confession anger hate fear are like nothing to the atrocious temptation which you put in my way the day you appeared before me with your voice with your face in the garden of that accursed villa she looked utterly bewildered for a moment then with a sort of despairing insight went straight to the point the story kirylo sidorovitch the story there is no more to tell he made a movement forward and she actually put her hand on his shoulder to push him away but her strength failed her and he kept his ground though trembling in every limb it ends here on this very spot he pressed a denunciatory finger to his breast with force and became perfectly still i ran forward snatching up the chair and was in time to catch hold of miss holden and lower her down as she sank into it she swung half round on my arm and remained averted from us both drooping over the back he looked at her with an appalling expressionless tranquillity incredulity struggling with astonishment anger and disgust deprived me for a time of the power of speech then i turned on him whispering from very rage this is monstrous what are you staying for don't let her catch sight of you again go away he did not budge don't you understand that your presence is intolerable even to me if there's any sense of shame in you slowly his sullen eyes moved in my direction how did this old man come here he muttered astounded suddenly miss holden sprang up from the chair made a few steps and tottered forgetting my indignation and even the man himself i hurried to her assistance i took her by the arm and she let me lead her into the drawing-room away from the lamp and the deeper dusk of the distant end the profile of mrs holden her hands her whole figure had the stillness of a sombre painting miss holden stopped and pointed mournfully at the tragic immobility of her mother who seemed to watch a beloved head lying in her lap that gesture had an unequalled force of expression so far-reaching in its human distress that one could not believe that it pointed out merely the ruthless working of political institutions after assisting miss holden to the sofa i turned round to go back and shut the door framed in the opening in the searching glare of the white anteroom my eyes fell on razumov still there standing before the empty chair as if rooted forever to the spot of his atrocious confession 
a wonder came over me that the mysterious force which had torn it out of him had failed to destroy his life to shatter his body it was there unscathed i stared at the broad line of his shoulders his dark head the amazing immobility of his limbs at his feet the veil dropped by miss holden looked intensely black in the white crudity of the light he was gazing at it spellbound next moment stooping with an incredible savage swiftness he snatched it up and pressed it to his face with both hands something extreme astonishment perhaps dimmed my eyes so that he seemed to vanish before he moved the slamming of the outer door restored my sight and i went on contemplating the empty chair and the empty anteroom the meaning of what i had seen reached my mind with a staggering shock i seized natalia holden by the shoulder that miserable wretch has carried off your veil i cried in the scared deadened voice of an awful discovery he the rest remained unspoken i stepped back and looked down at her in silent horror her hands were lying lifelessly palms upwards on her lap she raised her grey eyes slowly shadows seemed to come and go in them as if the steady flame of her soul had been made to vacillate at last in the cross-currents of poisoned air from the corrupted dark immensity claiming her for its own where virtues themselves fester into crimes in the cynicism of oppression and revolt it is impossible to be more unhappy the languid whisper of her voice struck me with dismay it is impossible i feel my heart becoming like ice End of part four, chapter three. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine.